you've really kind of been uh, Ben's uh, Eddie Van Halen, so to speak. I feel like you're like his his partner in crime and kind of giving him kind of a, I, I don't know, like phase two of Breaking Benjamin, or uh, is that fair to say? I, that's Well, first of all, it's a huge compliment. I'll take any of it Halen any day. But other than Aaron, our bass player, I think I've known Ben the longest. And the first interactions began with him like over a decade ago when I was in another band, you know. So right. we had kind of the creative thing that sparked back then. We wrote some songs together for each other's bands and um, kind of went from there. So, you know, it, it's been very cool to see things organically kind of morph to where they are now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I enjoy have the opportunity to talk to people and, um, you know, tell everybody how thankful we are for where we're at. And uh, you actually get to kind of contribute on the album this time around for Ember and talk about talk about kind of been opening up things and, and letting everyone get some writing action. Well, it's been very cool. Prior to this album, a little bit on the last, I think, but um, prior to that, he, he hadn't really hadn't written with many other people. He and I wrote together uh, again. Yeah, back in the day for an album. But uh, since then, it hadn't really transferred over. And this album was the first one we had the opportunity 100% from start to finish to really be a part corporately. So, I mean, it really was everybody contributing and it, a totally different experience for all of us we took some risks uh, yeah. that you know hopefully they work out you know so we'll see well, i gotta say man it, just deep into the career and, and still putting out the heaviness of ember that was, that, you was know. The, that was the risk you know um we, we all like that style of music and uh we're not necessarily a metal band you know so to come out here with, with the band as good as five finger that is crushing it you know they bring some energy that you know that we, that we like but sometimes we, we write some lighter songs too you know so it, it's a matter of how it translates so to be able to push it envelope a little bit i mean we even wrote songs in this album that uh like well this is pretty difficult vocally and everything else and we'll never play it live though you know we have we have enough of a catalog we won't do it and we'll be playing that song (laughs) tonight so it's like come on why did we do this and would this seem like a good idea not only uh musically but also visually with this album and little trilogy going on with red cold river and then torn in two and i was going to take a stab in the dark and you can wink twice if i'm right is psycho the third installment Possibly. Uh, we have we, we do have a third installment. We, we shot the second and third video together. But we've worked with the same director. He's done our last five, I think. It just does a really good job of capturing, I think, the vision of what the band is, what uh, some of the deeper meanings there that we don't necessarily have to, to delve into because it's something that, you know, when Ben's writing lyrics, he doesn't really throw it out there as to what motivated him or what it's about, that kind of thing. And I think he really latched onto that and told a pretty dark story I mean I think the last couple videos we've had you know my kids want to see it I'm like well maybe we should hold off on this one you know I, I, there's something wrong with YouTube I don't know yeah. it's not working today no it's, it, yeah it, we're proud nonetheless what's your favorite song in the new album Gosh, it's hard. I think for me, it was a song called Tourniquet. That's probably my favorite. Our other guitar player, Keith, that was that was his song. It was something he had a couple years ago and brought it to the table, and we all fell in love with. And Ben was like, oh, yeah, I can run with this. And I'm like, okay, let's go. I told you, do that. Listen to this, listen to this, you know? And uh, he did. He killed it. I think the vocals are great. They're aggressive. Good lyric, good riff, fun play, everything, so... You know, I was talking earlier about the video trilogy, and it got me to thinking, like, speaking of trilogies, the one we always think of, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Did you see the new one? What do you think? I haven't. I have not. Ah. Uh, no, no. So, yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't. I'm actually kind of behind in it. So, we'll see. There's definitely some Star Wars influence in pretty much everything we do, obviously. There's parallels there for sure. Yeah. Just for fun, uh, when you get a chance, when YouTube is working, Google Galactic Empire. Have you heard about it? No. It's a metal band that they all come out, like, one guy's dressed like Boba Fett, one guy's dressed like Darth Vader, <laughs> and they do, like, metal version of like this the main theme and like the imperial march and stuff so you know speaking of movies one thing that i always complain about on the radio is i miss movie soundtracks oh absolutely I felt like that was such a good marriage back in the day when like movies and music and like there were songs for the movie like 
Terminator 2 and Guns N' Roses. Like, Absolutely. I, you know, and all the way back to Say Something or something like that. You get these huge iconic moments in movies yeah. that just, they attach themselves to a moment, you know. We don't necessarily have that yet. You know, like, you could be mine. Right. And all, right. or the, uh, Guns N' Roses had a couple, you know. I was trying to, I was going to ask you, though, what, do you have one in, in particular back in the day that you used to love, like a soundtrack specifically that you loved back in the day, like a rock one? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Live and Let Die, Guns N' Roses. I remember that uh, with the James Bond movie that kind of came out, and I remember just thinking, like, damn, that's freaking awesome. I love that stuff. I, I wish there were more of that now. Yeah, um, like this. Yeah, it really is, yeah. I wish I would get back to that. So I like to, to have some fun and talk talk a little bit of music because ultimately all of us here are all music fans. Sure. You know, what you do, what I do. Ultimately, we're all music fans and feel free to play along too. You know, speaking of uh, metal, a couple years ago there was the big four, mm-hmm. Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax, right? They did that whole tour and everything. And not necessarily that these bands could tour, but it got me to thinking like being a radio guy and okay, that's 80s thrash. Mm-hmm. That's what we consider like, that's the stamp of boom, this is 80s thrash. So let's take it another decade and look at the rock movement and add one to it. And I've come up with the flannel five. Oh, all right. So this this is uh, this is what I call the flannel five. It's Nirvana, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam, yep. STP, okay. Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. Boom. Yeah. So what I'm looking for is your numero uno off that list. I say I would say Alice in Chains. I, I that's been a favorite of mine forever. You know, you losing such an iconic member like Lane like that, and sort of continue to be able to do what they do, keep the sound, keep it all there. Jerry's still a great player, great writer. It's great. Uh, but I was going to say Smashing Pumpkins. Like that was a, I would put that in there as maybe like a side stage or something yeah. on here. <laughs> you know, that comes up a, a little bit. But I, I've had a couple people mention them. But I don't know. I just feel like the flannel kind of. No, no, you're right about the flannel. That, yeah. That's 100. percent I, I think I would definitely go with Alice in Chains personally. I yeah, mean, Nirvana's. Iconic, and I get it. I mean, maybe that's just the gimme, but right. Alice in Chains, I'm, I'm yeah, there. Give me your jam, your like favorite. Damn that river! Yeah. I've, I've been on the kick for a while, dude. That's that's the jam. You want to play along? Who you got in the flannel five? Oh, the flannel. So the flannel five. I would say, oh my god, those all of those bands are so important to me personally that it's it's really really hard to pick. That's the point. Um, so it's like yeah. So it's like the on one hand, I would say of all those bands, Dirt is probably the most influential album to me. But on a whole wide spectrum, the quality of music that Pearl Jam has made from you know ten up to what they're doing. Doing now, still selling out arenas by themselves for multiple nights in a row, playing three hours a night, changing the set list every single night, and the way that that band transitioned from being, you know, Stone's band to being Eddie's band, and just the way it's the way that band has come along. I'd say, you know, Pearl Jam's one of the most influential bands in my life. What, what about a song? Give me a, give me a jam. Oh, give you a jam. All right, Versus is great, but probably it would have to be a release off of ten, and that like, it's just such a powerful song that ends the album. And then on Versus, also Indifference is on that. And it's like there's so many great songs. I think about the beginning of both those albums, like once and then like go. Yeah. Oh, dude. But think back for a second too. This is a part that trips me out. Like we talk about those guys. Sadly, Eddie, the only guy left. Yeah. Put but, him in a bubble. But think back. Think back to the very first time you saw like Jeremy the video and stuff and how woo and like he seemed like the craziest fool out of them all. Well. I think he was, and I, I I think he might still be, but in in, the, in the all the right ways. So anybody who's incredibly gifted in one area is probably has a major deficit in another. Right, right. And, and he's just one like of those guys that, it, like, you listen to him and you see older interviews with him, like how socially uncomfortable he were was in certain situations and how genius he was. And the other guys, Stone, talking about him, like, we just found this guy. I'm like, why? 
why are you not the biggest musician in the world at this point? Like, you have to be in our band kind of thing. And he was that guy. So he, I think he's the icon when it comes to that. I mean, it's great. Yeah, and I think I think if you took a straw poll back in the '90s when those bands were all taking off, and just from watching their their shows, you, people would have bet money that Eddie would have been the first one right. down. You know, climbing up on top of rafters and diving off right. into the crowd from like 30 feet up in the air like an insane person. That's so what that's I'm yeah, and for him to be the last man standing yeah. is uh, crazy. Crazy, pretty unreal. He still has his moments. Yes, he does. So let's continue the game. Go from the 90s, going to late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I'm not 100% sold on this one. It's still kind of a working title, but I'm going to call this one the New Metal Six Pack. All right. As we go into that, this one will be Corn, Rage Against the Machine, Linkin Park, Slipknot, System Disturbed. System Disturbed. Limp. I think that's missing Limp Biscuit. Like Limp Biscuit, if you have, it has to be Corn. It has to be Limp Biscuit. It has to be Lincoln Park. Yeah, those are the three. Truth be told, when I first created the list, I always put Limp Biscuit on it, but no one ever picks it. Yeah, no. <laughs> they deserve to be on there. Right. But no one's picked them. I've had people pick every other band. I that's the one band. I, I think the reason that maybe that's oh, not stigma. Yes. Uh, however, I, I remember growing up in the '80s and Michael Jackson. Like people in, in like grade school would make fun of you, like, "Oh, you like Michael Jackson?" Well, well it's funny because you sold 100 million albums. Somebody likes them. You know, it was the same thing. Like remember when Creed started to taper off, and like, yeah. well, they're the biggest rock band in the world right now, but everybody hates them. Right. So right. kind of sort of same thing. I, I think that. That's what happened to Limp Biscuit. I mean, they were still great. We we go back to those albums. In we're playing a show jam. with them on. We're playing a show with them later this year, and I'm so excited <laughs> that we get to play with Limp Biscuit. I'm not. Even, I can't even. So would they be your, your number one off that list? Oh well, I, I mean, if you're talking, if it's a new metal anything, the answer is Corn. There don't need to be any other bands on there. They um, we are partial because we're friends with some of the dudes in that band, and it's uh, we've done some touring with them, and they're such incredibly great people. And anytime that I talk to Head, I'm like, what's it like to be the coolest dude that ever lived? <laughs> ever lived. They made a genre of music. It's there is no new metal six pack if if Corn didn't. Yeah, they made. Yeah, they they started a whole movement. Okay, so do I have a jam? Ball tongue. Oh, first yeah. time I heard ball tongue, and it's actually the first time that I heard Corn. I Not went blind. You heard ball tongue first. No, because it was like before blind blew up corn was touring with ozzy and it was ozzy osbourne corn and life of agony and i went to that show and corn came out and i was like what is happening that's it i don't know what's happening that's it but i just uh, you know immediately went out and bought that on cassette yes <laughs> i remember that, was that yeah. so for you corn too yeah, 100%. God, they have so many good songs. Uh, Ball Tongue's good. Blind is great, too. Obviously, I could tell you, that's the first song I heard by them. And they're the only band in my life I could tell you what I was doing, where I was. What, you know, like, I, I was driving home from the hardware store when I was in high school, and I still lived in north of Chicago, and, like, heard this band on the radio. They were Q101 was the radio station at the time. And thinking, like... Rest in peace, right? Yeah. Just go down. Yeah, they did. Yeah. It was just kind of, like... Well, what is this? And it was just, I remember being so intrigued. First time I, I heard it, it wasn't a matter of like, I have to run and get this. It just took me back. I just hadn't heard it. I was such a big grunge kid at the time. Grew my hair out, dyed it red. I want to be Kurt Cobain when I grew up. You know, I was wearing flannels, ripped jeans, cons, everything. All the way down, you know, knew all the songs, everything. And uh, I heard that. I was like, okay, something changed. So that album was, was huge on me. Let's see. Let's go after that. Let's go uh, Shoots and Ladders. I don't know. They play it every show. They, they do. It's every a free rhyme. It's great live. My kids love it. They like Corn a lot, though. God. Good God. Uh, A-itch. Yeah. <laughs> not to end on a somber note, but one thing that's still heartbreaking to me 
me and want to get your thoughts and, and remembrance and interaction with the late great Vinnie Paul. Mm-hmm. Any any stories with Vinnie? I remember going through Dallas and um, he invited us to his place and none of us were brave enough at the time to do it, you know, because we're like, you know, I'm not going to come out there with a wife anymore if I, if I go to your house. <laughs> so, you know, he owns a club out there and just, we had worked with a lot of different crew guys that had been with the Hell Yeah Camp for quite some time at that point. And every single time we have played Dallas, whether we see him or not, there's a place for Vinny and he came out to every single show we played there. Whether it was House of Blues, whether it was the Amphitheater, Nokia, whatever it is now, uh, whether it was the arena there, you know downtown he was at every single one he loved going to shows which is crazy to me because it's so easy to become jaded and so easy to go well if I'm gonna go to show I gotta have this this and this because I'm not waiting here in line I'm not doing this and that and he was not above that I mean it was just like he was just the Santa Claus that would come out and hug everybody and give away gifts and drinks or drinks yeah yeah you want you keep keep him away from the loading dock after the show because he's gonna hold court but he um yeah he was such an amazing guy a true fan of music and it was his it was his life like that's just what he did and that's what was so cool about it in our industry, you've got a lot of businessmen. You've got a lot of shredders that are, they just want to master their art. You've got songwriters that are above everybody else. you got all these other different things that are people playing the game. And he was just like to the core, still going to local shows, you know, being the legend that he was. So I think that was the coolest thing that I remember about him. Like I said, like we're all fans and he was like the ultimate fan in a lot of ways. He, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was really crazy. And he was one of those guys that would give compliments that would make you shy or blush like, no, like just my mom's supposed to say that. That's not real. You know, like that kind of thing. He would just be like, man, you know, I go to a lot of shows. It'd be hard to find influence, but you guys inspire me. Like, I want to go to the studio right now after this. You know, like things like that. And you'd be like, whoa. Calm down. Uh, yeah, easy, buddy. Yeah. Turns yeah. out you were in yeah. Pantera. <laughs> <laughs> Ever heard of him, Pantera? Just like yeah. we've been doing that. Name, it, name a song for me. Name a jam. Off of Pantera? Yeah. Or hell yeah, either one. For Pantera, I've been stuck on, God, what were we listening to just the other day? Pantera's always going, so it's hard to narrow it down. I'm going to go with uh, Primal Concrete Sledge or uh, Hell's Wrath. Uh, what's the ma- that's the parentheses how that song but killer and then how about for you my favorite one would be regular people and nice. in parentheses conceit yep. see that's uh, yep. off of uh, yeah off of uh, vulgar display oh, that's just the riff is so cool the drums are so great to that song everybody knows that Metallica is like the kings of thrash metal but as far as I'm concerned Pantera is the gold standard the first metal album to go number one the number one album on Billboard like from Far Beyond Driven came out that changed that that kind of like it, yeah kind of changed everything you know living through me was the last song we played on the bus living through me that was the last one. Any interaction with Vinnie Paul? I got to meet him a few times. We never really got to, to hang out or anything like that. My Vinnie Paul memory is from when I was a teenager, and I got to see Pantera open for Skid Row. Nice. Which was absolutely crazy. It was just at the beginning of, it was before Vulgar broke, and it was just like the start of that oh, tour. And it was, you know, Pantera was, was young, and they were yeah, was slave to the grind for Skid Row, absolutely. And that show, like, they came out, and it started with Vinnie's drums. Like, it started with Vinny's drums and it just started with um, the show started with Mouth for War and they came out they started the riff Phil came running out on stage jumped off the drum riser and as soon as he hit the ground it's just the lights start going nuts just right into right into the song it was so cool and I'll never forget I'll never forget that also at that show later on Sebastian Bach would make the mistake of trying to stage dive and everyone moved He had the infamous part oh, yeah. Red Sea moment yeah straight moment. straight yeah uh huh face plant face plant it was rough. He was, he was a mess back then. Yeah. There were a lot of messes on that tour. Oh, yeah. Let me say that. Sure. I'm not going to single him out. <laughs> that was a tour. Awesome, guys. Well, I appreciate all the time. 
Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at kcalfm.com. Adios.